right, I'm here with Tom. We're going to do the season preview, which is a tradition over here. I think the first one you've done with us, Tom. How's it going? Yeah, very excited. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How was your summer? It's been pretty good. It's been really hot for the past week here in Seattle. Oh, so lovely. mid-30s, it's cooled off now, which is great. So I was back in the UK for a little bit, flying visit, running around everywhere. So I did not catch up with everyone I wanted to, but, but you know, got in family and friends and just, it wasn't very relaxing as a trip, <laughs> but generally it's been all right. And yours? Yeah, good. Thank you. Good. Just celebrated your nice 30th birthday. Yeah, I know. I'm officially old. God, I can remember when I got to like, when I was growing up and I got to 23, I was always thinking that's old because you can't even at, at 23... Like you can get in the under 23 team when they play in the Olympics, but that's about it. But now when you're 30, there's not even like a milestone like that. You just, you come into the latter end of your career if you're a footballer. Not that I'm a footballer, but I pretend I am. Um, <laughs> old. And yeah, it feels old, but yeah. Well, if I could give you some wisdom for someone from someone who's like much older than you. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't get any better, mate. It's all going downhill no. now. <laughs> Your body will turn to shit and no, it's, uh... it's... It's been like that for a long time, to be fair. Like, people go, oh, do you feel old? I, I felt old for a long time, so... You know, old got soul. a bad back now. I've had a bad back for a long time, so... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Anyway, football. Foot, did you enjoy the weekend's games? Yeah, I did. I, I, I always I always like watching United in friendlies because it's, it's just interesting. I always like watching the youngsters play. Obviously, we didn't actually win a game at the weekend. No. So that, that, that was less fun. But I like I like the feistiness of the two games, and I think it stands us in better stead playing them types of games. Yeah, despite the the chance and the threat of injury that comes with playing a team like Atletico Madrid in a, in a preseason friendly, which is, I guess, a, a downside. But also, it's better than kind of playing against the Crystal Palace team or a Liverpool team who aren't just didn't care yeah. as interested. Yeah, so it, they were intense actually. Yeah, mm. I, I enjoyed the intensity of the weekend's games better than a lot of... Uh, obviously, United did well on tour and won some games, and that's all fun, and we can all feel good about ourselves for a, yeah. a couple of weeks before reality sets in. <laughs> and But they weren't very competitive, I thought, mm. and, and that's often the case on tour. But these two were, and, and Rea Vallecano, they, they gave it a real go uh, on Sunday. And then on Saturday, Atletico at Atletico, and I've got to say, I'm just absolutely always impressed by their total 100 percent commitment to the cause of shithousery even in a friendly <laughs> all the games it is beautiful like i was thinking this before the game i was like are we gonna are they just gonna kind of be like neutered dogs or something like that but like you, you can't they've got to be <laughs> the, the the reason why i guess they're successful is that they they are the the peak of shithousery and you've i guess you've got to practice it as well so, like, oh yeah, yeah. So Simeone, friendlies, they're not sitting back. Simeone was prowling the touchline, bobbing up and down, and he only looks like he's dropped a bunch of speed, doesn't he? He just cannot stop moving. I wonder what he's like in his personal life, like around this family and stuff. Is he just always at this level? He surely he's going to burn out eventually. But I just imagine it's personality type, and he can't turn it off. <laughs> so anyway he was amazing it was much changed Atletico from I guess the side that reached the Euro semis a couple of years ago and a lot, lot of new players and turnover and I guess they have to do that partly revenue and partly just refresh the team but it, it didn't seem any different in terms of how they played 
they were on it and it was competitive and United lost and that was very familiar, wasn't it? Mm. So. They they have a lot of talent though, haven't they? Like you, you see their their first eleven and then and then a lot of players that come on. They might be like a ch- a change side from from previous years, but they're still a very good side. You see, like players like Thomas Lamar, Ale- Ale- Axel Witzel even coming on. I didn't even know he'd actually gone there. And obviously in the second half and Cunha. Like it's it's this a very talented side, even even though it's much changed and a big and a big squad like Saul coming back on and stuff. Yeah, it's it's they're, they're a decent side. It was a great kind of yeah. Like I I really enjoyed that friendly. Like I say, it was potentially dangerous in in getting injuries, but if you can actually have a friendly which is going to stand you in good stead for the season, then it's it's probably not many better teams that you're going to face in preseason. And we saw a bit of Christine Eriksen in that one, or in both games actually. And at Lesko, it was just, yeah, it was nice. Came on the second half and just immediately class on the ball, wasn't mm. it? And it's just, ah, midfielders who can do something with the ball. It's, this is nice. What, what sorcery is this? So, I think he's, I think he's going to be a great addition. I mean, I, I know he's back end of his career, but it's just quality and United need a bit of sense in midfield don't they I mean like with Bruno Fred and McTominay you've got no one who wants to keep the ball there different degrees of quality with it but Ericsson he's smart he uses the ball well off both feet yeah and I'm not saying that Luka Modric and I was about to say you look at Luka Modric's kind of career and he's he's still is he his peak is still at least near it at at 36 or whatever he is I'm not saying that Christian Ericsson is exactly the same type of player but they both have the similar type of intelligence, which hopefully as Ericsson gets older, he'll be able to adapt his game to the to the lessening of his physical attributes. And hopefully it could be a good signing for us for the next three or four seasons. Not that we would yeah. want to rely on that kind of thing, but he, yeah, the, his, his, his quality on the ball is just almost outrageous. Like he, he could have had two assists within about five minutes. Like Alanga just, just missing that one with his head. I'm not sure if he just got underneath it or didn't work out the path of the ball. And then obviously Harry Maguire missing that header from five minutes, five meters out from a great yeah. corner ball, which is not always something that United are great at set pieces. So yeah, he's going to bring so much, and he's just intelligent, smart, great temperament. He could even be a future United captain, to be honest. I think he's got that type of te- temperament. But yeah, he's yeah, super impressive. I don't want to get ahead of myself with Ericsson, but it's, it's such a smart signing, which you don't often say with the Glazers. Well, no, true. I mean, it, in a sense, if it's a pattern, because United have brought in a lot, quite a lot of aging players, either on freeze mm-hmm. or close to it. Uh, but it, this one feels different, and I think I think you're right. His career could last quite a long time. And I do wonder where he'll play this season. He played at ten against uh, Rayo Vallecano, mm-hmm. but he came on sort of wider position against Atletico. And I, I wonder whether he'll actually play more of an eight. But we'll see with Ten Hag. I mean, against Atletico United, played four two three one and looked pretty solid, and then moved to four three three and looked quite open. And it, mm. you know, I, I, I get the sense just from the the games this summer that four two three one is more likely because unless we manage to pull off a big midfield signing in the next month, it's not going to be very solid again. So he's probably going to want to play with two sixes. So. But we'll, we'll see. I mean, at least we get a sense of all that. And anyway, the, the one other thing I, I wanted to mention from the weekend. Eric Ten Hag rocking black suit, white t-shirt, white trainers, full-on mm. boy band look. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about nice, but it's yeah, it's interesting. It's a look. It will definitely, it'll definitely be picked up by the papers. I'm sure when when the season starts. 
and especially if it goes badly as well. I remember when Julian Nagelsmann came to United and wore that silly coat and we battered mm-hmm. them in the Champions League. It looks okay when, you, when, you, when you're successful, I guess. But yeah, I, eh, I don't know. Not really the look for me, but fine. I'm not, I'm not a fashionista, so yeah, you look at me and you would go, yeah, you can't be giving anybody advice, mate. In my style for as long as I can remember. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All the classics. Anyway, season ahead, I mean, just get, like, I don't know how to rate this United side at the moment. It's obviously short, isn't it? Mm. You know, obvi- no, nothing's changed in midfield except Paul Pogba's left and Jesse Lingard has left. And so we have, and Nemanja Vidic and Juan Mata, right? So there's four midfielders have left there. None have yeah. come in. Bit, bit of a problem, that one. So mm-hmm. don't know if any, we saw, did you see anything on tour that suggested that Garner, who barely played because he was injured, or Hannibal or Savage or Zidanek Bell can fill in those gaps? I mean, because they're going to have to, because mm. McFred, McFred's not going to last the whole season, is it? I know, like, when you were just talking about where's Ericsson going to play, it made me, it's kind of a th- uh, thought pattern that's been going through my head. I'm like, and when people say, oh, where do you think Ericsson will play? I think basically wherever we need him, because yeah. we're kind of short up top, we're, we're short in front of the defence. It's like, <laughs> yeah, this, it, it's, it's going to be very difficult for, for him to probably find a place because he's going to be kind of played wherever wherever we need him and like you say like the we saw a little bit I mean Zidane Iqbal I think was was one of the the highlights of the tour for me I thought he was awesome but he's very young with very like next to no about what one game of actual senior professional sure, football right like a minute in that young boys game he's not had a loan or anything like I thought he was more impressive than what we saw of Garner, but we didn't see much of Garner, and, and I wasn't particularly impressed with Garner against Fayakano. Uh, and then, but then, like Garner was one of Forest's better players in the Championship last season. But then you speak to Forest fans, and they're like, "Yeah, it would be good to have Garner, but I don't know if it'd be a, it'd be good enough to do it on a day, on a week to week basis sure. in the Premier League." And like they've signed a couple of good players in midfield, Forest, so they're kind of like, "Oh, and, nice and Jesse Lingard." Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, poor Jesse. And they've been through enough at United. And so you kind of look at that and you're like, are we going to be relying on someone like that? Which we, I mean, we're kind of going to be. Like, we can't really let Garner go at this moment in time because... You need the numbers. Got, we, have, we need the numbers. And and then you're not going to bring in Charlie Savage, surely. Hannibal... It's looks raw still, it. yeah. Really yeah. raw, yeah. And, and also absolutely mad what was that i think it was aston villa that game where he came on for about 15 minutes and just kicked everyone love it ashley young i think (laughs) he gave him a kicking back as well so yeah that midfield is a problem obviously i think people talked about martinez maybe playing in that midfield but surely you're not going to find a center mid just to play him out of position phil jones is it time to bring him back in defensive (laughs) midfield we didn't mention he is still there. Actually, amongst the 18 departures for United this summer, two, two Henderson and Alvaro Fernandez on loan and the others freebies. A lot of those are what you consider youth players, I guess, but, but mm-hmm. some big names there, right? So Cavani, Mata, Pogba, Lingard, Pereira, like are all 
you know, in the recent past, first teamers, right? So there's a lot of yep. uh, a lot of um, depth of squad has left there, and and it was right. A lot of that, them had to go, and United need mm-hmm. to refresh for sure. But not much has come in. And we haven't mentioned Donny van der Beek, who's played uh, a fair yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, we just forget him because he's totally anonymous, even in <laughs> preseason games. Is. Five yeah. touches of the ball. No, not really, but yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he came on, was it against Atletico? I'm forgetting now, and played like a false nine. I, I do wonder, given how short United are up front, and depends what happens with Ronaldo, I guess, whether whether we might see that a little bit this season. Because we've got a lot of players in Van der Beek, Fernandez, and Ericsson who like to play in that sort of number 10 position or attacking mm-hmm. attacking areas and get in the same zone, at least, even though if they're not exactly the same. And and false nine is is not it's not insane. Pack as many sort of creative midfielders in and and play with that kind of position. I know that's not necessarily what's going to happen, but it happened for a little bit. Yeah, and I think Van der Beek's a bit like Ericsson. He's going to play where we need him again. Like it, I mean, the thing is, we you kind of just talking about playing in false nine there, but I can't work out what position he's best in. And almost effective in. I think he makes some nice runs at times, but as you just said, then he takes up similar positions to others. Like and, and Bruno, like, I think there was an example. I think it was against Atletico Madrid, where they both literally ran into the same space. And I think it happens a lot. Like Van der Beek, when he's kind of running somewhere, he points where he wants to be, but then there's not really the this kind of space there for that pass to be made. He almost looks like too eager without taking that intelligence forward with him which he was known for being like that at Ajax but with the intelligence like not being a little bit more anonymous like we've seen him especially in pre-season where he's kind of got a lot of minutes but also with that anonymity picking up the right spaces and then and then making a difference he did a couple of times he made that nice pass for Martial's goal but that, I think that was actually from the fact that he made the wrong run in the first place right so I think I think Van Dijk's going to have to play more than he's played in couple in the past couple of seasons but that's just because out of necessity that we haven't got much else in the forward areas and in the the midfield area so I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want Van der Beek to be playing beside Fred in a in a two or McTominay but I wouldn't be that surprised if we saw it because yeah. we're going to, we're so short. Well, it'll, it'll be interesting because if that happens, of course, like nothing's going to change, right? Those players don't change. Neither Fred nor Motomani nor Van der Beek get in the right defensive positions. Nope. So none of them are a defensive midfielder. Uh, and and pressure will be on the back four and, and Varen's fitness is questionable Harry Maguire's form we'll see he's done all right on tour I mean you mm. know he got obviously got booed in Australia which was like unfair Aussies come on come on <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean ideal. I know they I know like they like sticking it to the bombs but it's normally the <laughs> cricket team isn't it yeah yeah anyway I, I mean look maybe he's got some confidence back I hope so because we're gonna need Maguire whether we like it or not mm. and Lissandra Martinez well with he's a little bit behind on fitness or preparation at least so that, that I, I don't imagine he's going to start against Brighton and we'll see him eased into the, t- the team and but either way whatever combination they're going to be under pressure if United can't sign a defensive midfielder the back in the last season I think I was talking to 
to Dan and we, we both kind of agreed that United need two midfielders, not, you know, not mm-hmm. one, two high quality midfielders, yeah. you know, a creator and a destroyer or something like that. Or in De Jong, if he comes someone who's a controller, mm-hmm. like some combination and, and yeah, well short. So that's, that's a problem. I was just thinking about the other parts of the team that have like changed or not changed. So the fullback positions, we've hardly seen wan at all. Mm. We saw Ethan Laird against Rea Vallecano, so I'm guessing wan like been given the boot. And we've seen Diego Delot a lot. He's done okay pre-season. I don't know what your thoughts are. Yeah, he seems to definitely be the definitive number one at right back. I think there was talk from Fabrizio Romano today that Laird's going to go to Watford on loan. Which right. is surprising me. Like you say, that it seemed like he was in line for number right back, especially as he's played quite a lot and I think done pretty well as well. I I, I like the lot to a certain, but I think he's kind of just a good number two. And I think he was at fault for that goal against Atletico Madrid, not getting close enough for Jao Felix to just put it into the corner. Yeah. It kind of made it easy for him. I think he's just a solid right back, but not. Not like a Gary Neville solid where he's very good defensively and, and pretty decent going forward. Like a 7 out of 10. I feel like Dalot's more like a 5.5, 6 out of 10 those weeks. I, I, I'm i surprised that we signed a left back, to be honest. I know that Tellers isn't particularly great and Shaw didn't have a great season last season. But I feel like yeah. right back is probably more of a priority in my head. But oh, yeah, Opportunism, anyway. surely. Mm, yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's I mean, cheap, no, no one trusts Tellers. as well. No. He was super cheap and he looks decent. He's got a lot of a lot of mobility, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he looks like an all-rounder. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, Luke Shaw, a couple of niggly injuries over the summer as well. So if that's, he has always, if that's creeping back in, then Malassi is going to have a chance to, to yeah. claim that spot. It's definitely not Tellers. I mean, Tellers played at centre-back one of the games, didn't he? So Yeah, defensive I just, mid, I think, I think one game yeah. as well. I just I can't I can't see anyone trusting him and and maybe they'll find an option for him mm-hmm. to leave. You know, he didn't spend a lot of money on him. He's two years into that contract, so it's yeah they they don't need ten million pounds and that would that would cover the amortization on that transfer fee. So it's mm-hmm. all fine. So and then we talked about midfields. Talked about Ericsson. Who's the other co- incoming? I forget now. Did we have anyone else? We must have done. Malasia, Ericsson, Martinez. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Martial coming back as well. Martial has been really good in pre-season. Like a new Um, signing. (laughs) He actually has kind of felt like that because he was so bad before he went to Sevilla. It's kind of like he was a different player and hopefully hopefully we get that with a few players this season. Like Rashford, like to be very cliche as well, like could be like a new signing because, yeah, yeah, he he did. And... I love the little lollipops he did. I think it was against Atletico Madrid and beat a man and had a shot like just past the post. And I think he's been really good. That, that those three, Sancho, Martial and Thrashford, have just been very good. It's just the depth, obviously, following that. If one of those gets injured, Alanga's not looked great in pre-season. Nah. Ronaldo is Ronaldo. What a mad situation. Mm. And like I, th- I saw there were like reports of him, well, he did leave the game in the second half, but I think yeah. a lot also left the game in the second half as well, which was less reported. But this, that whole situation is an absolute nightmare. But we, I feel like we're still at least two players short in those forward areas. And you think, you look at Garnacho's performance in the first half of 
against Falacano, and you think, is are you going to be? It's going to get minutes. Staying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, he's way too good for under-23s football. He was way too good for the academy. And he looks mature enough already, his decision-making. The fact that he's just the confidence to take a man on every time. Coming in off that left, cutting in to shoot. I mean, he just looks, he looks really hungry. He looks like he wants it. He's got a swagger about him. He just feels ready already. So I I, I imagine, I think, Ten Hag will have looked at him in in pre-season and gone, yeah, he's worth having. And so he, he'll get some minutes, especially in Euro games, cup games, the odd Premier League game here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it make, makes sense to have him as like an alt, alternate coming off that left, especially if Sancho plays off the right, which he has done a lot in preseason. So, I mean, they he floats him. Rashford and Martial was very dynamic, you know. Yeah. And you, you wonder about the flakiness of Rashford and, and Martial, of course, and the mm-hmm. injury proneness. But with Sancho... Sancho coming back so strongly and just looking like he fits in the system and understands the system, which he should do, really. Yep. Because it's very similar to, to Dortmund. Mm-hmm. So that looks good. The depth is a problem. Greenwood's not coming back anytime soon or if ever or never, if you have taken a view on what you heard. And and Ronaldo, well, I got just like personal feeling. I can't wait for him to go. I, I thought it was amoral for the, the club to bring him back in the first place, given what we've all read. And, and and I think he was net negative in the team, even though he scored those goals. He's very disruptive. And he's been completely disruptive this summer, even if his reason for taking some time off may have been fairly genuine. At least one story I'd heard or been told. Don't know whether I don't know. But, but you know, he's taken a month off. He's four weeks behind everyone. And he's tweeting during the middle yeah. of, or Instagramming during the middle of United's game against Villa, going on about the King coming back, please, and and then leaving the game early, even if that was okay. I mean, I don't know whether it was okay. No one's there to say anything, I don't think. But mm-hmm. it's just, it's like, if I was Ten Hag, I couldn't wait to get rid of him. Just the politics around him is just like just so risky for the manager and you just feel like it's the club's marketing department looking at those hundreds of millions of social media followers and going hmm, yeah we quite like that reach because we're a media company that happens to have a football team yeah i'd have i'd have been so interested to know what would have happened if united had just come out and gone when there was all those reports of ronaldo shopping himself to all these different clubs and united kept going he's not for sale he's not for sale It'd have been so interesting to know what what would have happened if United had gone, okay, we're going to get rid of him. Like, we don't want him anymore. He's surplus to requirements. Like, what would Ronaldo have done? Because I don't know where he ends up. I, you kind of look at all the possible options and you're thinking, I mean, the most realistic possibility, sporting, maybe Bayern Munich. Like, yeah, I mean, Bayern, I Bayern, think Bayern, Bayern said, said they, they didn't. They don't want him. Yeah. And so where do you, where does he go? And that would be so interesting. And imagine how brutal his ego would or how how his ego would take that if like United went, Okay, we don't want you anymore and then he can't find a, a club that's in the Champions League. I know sporting are in the Champions League, but he'd have to take a huge wage cut to go there. Yeah. I I mean the interesting thing is I think the the forces that play here I mean, the most sensible decision would be a contract annulment, mutual termination of the contract on both sides, 
United save thirty million pounds in wages and bonuses, and Ronaldo gets to go choose his next club and of course he has many more options if he's willing to take a pay cut because he doesn't need the money and and he's free but they're the same forces that mean he's most likely to stay I think in a way or or at least the, there's opposite forces saying he's going to stay why is he going to stay because United like the reach the media reach the club does it's he's got hundreds of millions of social media followers more than the club has and that matters in terms of like the speak um that United do on investor calls and and uh, packs they send to potential sponsors and so on. I mean the fee the fee doesn't matter because it was twelve million split over five years or whatever. Write that off all rent so that that bit's not important. But and yeah, th- those those are the pressures. And and Ronaldo's got to save face. So what's the story? He had a personal issue. He had to take some time off. He's come back. He doesn't know what all these stories about. Of course he's staying he loves the club blah 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 <laughs> fucking blah so it's grim and it's just it's just such a nightmare as well because it's 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 not he's not someone who's just gonna chip in come off the bench do a job work hard and he doesn't get the ten hog system because he's played 45 minutes of it he's not been in training it's impossible no. he cannot he cannot play in ten Hag's system with the high press he just can't he can't and i know we go we went on about this like almost every week didn't we mm. talking about the press at united but it's it's pretty much how every major team plays not real madrid european champions but like <laughs> everyone else and it's a way of getting the ball back quickly which is really important for a united side that doesn't have a defensive midfielder right yeah <laughs> you know the next screen is gone. So I just, I can't see it. I, I mean, I'm sounding like Jonathan Wilson here, but it makes no sense whatsoever. And Ten um, Hag must be thinking exactly the same thing. Of like course he pen, is. A, a yeah. penny for his thoughts. Like, what what is he thinking right now? Like, I, I'd be having nightmares if I was him. Like, ha, yeah, yeah. Like, thinking, how the hell am I going to fit this man into, into my structure? Because I, I, yeah. he's going to need to be. I, I mean, he's going to have to play games if he stays because there's no one else. Uh, unless you're going to pull off Europa a transfer. Games every week. I'm sure. Yeah, we'll I, off the bench in the Europa League with the kids. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I mean, there's a there's a little bit of me that would like that just for the cruelty, honestly, just to give his oh, ego a bit of a bashing. Be abs- <laughs> it would be absolutely beautiful, but I just I I couldn't take like the secondhand embarrassment of it. Just like watching his spoiled little petulant face just be like so marred he wouldn't do it he wouldn't do it, it. he wouldn't do it's it he'd come out with it he'd have an injury like he did against city yeah. which is not talked about much but he was dropped and yeah. then he got a mysterious injury so yeah hip flexor is the go-to isn't it so do you think I, if, I, if he if he faked this injury and just didn't play for months and months the united marketing team would still be of course they would him on socials. maybe that's the option then maybe that's the, the thing Marketing get all this out of it, and then also the team don't have to play. He, it was interesting. They actually slowed down on the Ronaldo stuff over the summer because, of course, he wasn't part of the tour, and so they delayed the kit launch and all of that kind of stuff, which was interesting. And then it all started up again when he when he returned. Yeah. yeah. So, man, media company that happens to have a football team. That's, yeah. yeah, he's just like a brand ambassador these days, isn't he? If he was a good worst. one. Worst, it's the worst possible brand ambassador you could have. 
Exactly. United have a lot of brand ambassadors, but they're normally pretty humble and they go on tours <laughs> and they shake hands and they do meet and greets and they sign. Yeah. Like Ronaldo, he never thanks the away fans. He stomped out of Old Trafford. I don't think he signed mm. any, I don't think he signed any, like any signatures or anything like that for the people waiting outside. He never, he never just can't stand him. Honestly, I can't stand him. And I, I, I was trying to hold my tongue a little bit last season because not everyone has the same opinion, right? And I, I like, I've got this opinion. I voiced it. I don't want to be a broken record. And, and also it's got to be, you can't, like, if the, if the evidence doesn't fit, and at times it didn't fit last season because at times United needed him, then, you know, you can't just go, well, he's rubbish, I want him out um, mm-hmm. every week because, honestly, it does sound like hashtag agenda at that point. But yeah. I, I just can't think of a single good reason to keep this guy. And I can think of many, many reasons to get rid as fast as possible. Yeah, I feel exactly the same. And, and, I, I, and exactly the same point is you that like last season I was trying to to be a little bit diplomatic because I don't want to just <laughs> say that I hate this guy I hate this guy I hate this guy because I do know and do respect other people's opinions when it comes to but I just this summer has completely just made me yeah lose all will to to be able to take in any other opinion apart from that he's an absolute toxic waste of space and People used to go on about Pogba being in it. Oh, yeah, what, what did they say? He's a virus in the United dressing room. I mean, absolute. There's not even any any kind of comparison between the two. No, I know. And Ronaldo gets I, a free pass, mm-hmm. which is from a lot of people, which is very interesting. Although the, the reaction at Old Trafford yesterday was mixed. There were definitely boos in with mm-hmm. the, the cheers. So that spills over quite quickly, I think. So, I mean, of course, if he comes back, comes off the bench and scores the winner against Brighton, everyone will forget quite quickly. I mean, if you remember, Wayne Rooney got a lot of boos and there were signs at Old Trafford when he had that big fallout with uh, public fallout over the contract with uh, with Fergie and then he started scoring goals again and he was the favourite again. But that's the thing, he will score goals. If he plays, he'll score goals. It's, and like he yeah. did last season, but that comes with a lot of Baggage. downsides to it as well, yeah. All right, so I guess it's the season preview, so we've got to talk about where United might finish. Given there is a month of the transfer window, and we'll come back to this on the 1st of September, but given Spurs, Chelsea, Liverpool, City's business, assuming they're the competitors for the top four spots, where do you think United might end up? What, what, what kind of season are we looking at in the Premier League? I think it's... I feel like it's so difficult to, to say at this point. Like... Uh, I've been pretty impressed with preseason. Not completely surprised that we've played quite nicely. I remember going back to the. I think a lot of people have said this as well. Going back to the the first Van Hall summer when we when we looked awesome in preseason, we'd got these got this new style of play, and it was operating really really smoothly during preseason. And I feel like, especially in Australia, that that was quite similar. Like these new patterns of play were looking good. The players looked. Mm-hmm good in in the system especially the front three who we all know on their day are fantastic footballers it's just it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they react when adversity comes calling just like last season like and and I guess for, for a long time we look good when we're good 
and but as soon as something difficult happens, we we struggle with that. So it's going to be interesting to see whether the mentality changes under Ten Hag, which I think it I think it will because I think he's he he is a mentality manager as well as a tactical manager. But the the, the problem is more than anything is just the, the squad depth. I think if our first eleven were playing every single week, and they got into a, a mould of 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 being successful and and they could keep building on that. And then we have three or four players who can just rotate and that, that doesn't weaken the side, then that be that would be fine. And I would say mm, top four is a real opportunity this season. I think we could maybe get there ahead of Chelsea. Tottenham are going to be difficult to surpass because I think they're going to improve again under Conte. I think we'd finish above Arsenal. I think Arsenal have made a couple of good signings as well. But mm-hmm. my my real fear is, is, is the squad depth because two or three injuries, I say... Rashford and Sancho get injured early on. It's it's who are we relying on then. Yeah. Um, it it and and that's not Ten Hag's fault. So I think I think what we need to be as fans is very 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 patient with with Ten Hag. I think we will see signs of improvement, but it's not his fault that he hasn't got the squad there to to back it up for this season. I, I think we could finish anywhere from fourth to sixth, and and I don't want to to sound negative but I think I almost think sixth is more realistic at this point of time with with the current squad that we do have and I also don't think that that will be the end of the world like if we see huge improvements in the way that we play even if that's not sustained and we see a mentality improvement we look good in the cups and we don't end up being able to be consistent because of injuries or a lack of squad depth and and that kind of thing I don't think that's a bad thing and right. then we could have a, well, I say this, we have a good transfer window next season. We never do next summer and we fill in the right places then fine. But cause this is a, this is supposed to be a long-term strategy, but it's, mm. it's, it's going to be a very difficult season with this squad. Well, as, as stands. Yeah. I mean, you, you talked about transfer strategy. I'm mean, John Murta and team. It's been reorganized under Richard Arnold, but we're seeing the mm-hmm. same results. And yeah, and it does worry me that, like both the players that United were interested in and have acquired have either Ajax connections or Eredivisie connections in some form or another. And it just feels like, I don't know this, but I'm, so I'm going to speculate, but it just feels like Ten Hag's seen the list that the recruitment department have come up with and the priorities, which they do do, and gone, no, thanks. I don't think so. Or United is so behind because of the reorganisation that normally what happens is months of, it's months of negotiations because these are big deals. So, yeah, it, it, that doesn't seem good. So, no, I agree, I agree that United is short. And, and also, Chelsea have had a quiet summer because because of changes in ownership. They brought in Koulibaly to replace Rudiger and, and Andreas Christensen. He's a very good player, you know, on the, on the sunset side of his career, but I don't think he'll take a long time to adapt to the Premier League. And so they've had fairly quiet summer. Lukaku's gone, and and so you're looking at them going a bit a bit thin, but they've obviously got a world class manager. You look at Spurs, all the right signings. Yeah, I mean, Asuma's going to add real bite in midfield. They they brought in Richarlison, who's flaky but adds more depth up front. Yeah, a bit so of anger as well and spice, which is very Conte. Yeah, very much. Perisic, who is outstanding, has been outstanding for a while, but especially in that kind of left wing back role mm. last season for Inter. He's older, but immediate impact. He's just he's just such a smart player as well. And Jed Spence, who's who's been excellent, 
in the championship. Conte talked about him, said he's won the club wanted, but they've been flaky at right back for a while, Spurs. So you wonder whether he might force his way into the team. So it looks like they've done good business, Spurs. Their owners did what United won and injected some capital. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Conte's gone, look, we've got a chance here. And they'll be in the Champions League and they'll be pushing. I, I wonder whether they won't overtake Chelsea. And then Arsenal mm-hmm. done loads of business and you look it looks good for them and Gabriel Jesus I know he's he's flaky as well but he'll play through the middle it's he's more like an Arsenal player because Arsenal although it's Arteta do play defensively and then on the break yeah uh, Zinchenko sounds like he wants to play midfield as he does for Ukraine some more more spice in there so he's going to be a good signing who else do they sign Arsenal uh, Vieira Vieira yeah yeah so yeah probably probably I don't know much about him but decent amount of money they've spent on mm. him. So they've done some business in areas of the pitch they they needed to. So they look stronger for sure. And they went through a, a stage where they looked pretty good during the middle middle of the season. And I think they struggled again with with squad depth, and they've added to that. Like I think I think Gabriel Jesus and, and Zinchenko are, are types of players when when they play for City, they sometimes. They were pretty good for City, but sometimes they stand out of not being quite up to the the rest of the team because the rest of the team is so good. But I think for someone like Arsenal, they're they're very good signings. I think either of them would have been good for United. Like Jesus would have been a great option in that top four. Not not to say that City would have ever sold to us in the first place, but I'm just saying like comparatively, they would have been good signings for United. Like you say with Tottenham, it, it, it it's almost like whoever they have in their team. Because they've got Conte, it makes me think that they're going to be good anyway because I rate Conte so highly. But they do have a very, very good side like Son and Kane, we all know, are amazing. And they're putting the pieces together around the rest of the team to make them more Conte-like. And yeah, they're going to... I'd be very, very surprised if they didn't finish top four. I think the only reason that wouldn't happen is that Conte implodes and and ends up leaving halfway through the season or something, which I guess is possible, but doesn't actually happen that often. He's not he's not as combustible as Mourinho, which some people p- portray him to be. And yeah, I think Chelsea, like you say, are maybe the the weak link, but like I mean, Tuchel towards the end of last season seemed to be getting itchy feet a little bit with the, the, the ownership situation. They haven't added too much. Raheem Sterling, is he going to be able to fit into that that Chelsea team, team the way he did at City? Maybe mm-hmm. is obviously very good, but potentially not. Kula Bali, will he re adapt to Premier League? Maybe, maybe not. But yeah, they're gonna be up there, aren't they? And and it's just yeah, can can we bridge that gap, which is it's it's, it's kind Looks of hard. Yeah, it does look hard and I, I feel that I can't believe we're saying this at Man United again, but yeah, it's fine. So yeah, I I agree. Somewhere between fourth and sixth, and I think more likely fifth or sixth. Uh, mm. Like, but below us, West Ham and Scaramacca's didn't did okay in Serie A, but uh, it doesn't look like a game changer. I, I, I'm saying that without loads of knowledge about the player, so it's probably really unfair. But he scored like 16 and 36 in Serie A, so he's not, he's a forward that they needed because because Antonio's injured so often. But it doesn't look like it's they've moved leaps and bounds forward. So yeah, fifth or sixth is where I think United will finish. So I mean, I guess that leaves the cups and 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 to to be revised if United suddenly do a madness and bring in four world class players in the next month. 
Yeah. The Cups, I guess, offer an opportunity. I mean, who knows with the FA Cup or the League Cup? I mean, maybe Ten Hag will take one of them seriously and, and try to go for it. So Europa League is interesting because the group stages are a real grind, but we mm. should see some younger players. And then knockout stages, it's high quality generally. So, And it also might be our best through into Champions League football, which it feels a bit downbeat to say that, but it really could be. And I think Ten Hag will take it seriously. I think a lot of foreign coaches treat Europa League a lot more seriously than we do in England. And especially, like you say, the quality of that tournament has really progressed of late. I guess because maybe the quality of European football in, in general has progressed and maybe there's more of a hunger for, for actual trophies these days. Well, I mean, we, we've seen under Oli, we took it pretty seriously in that in that season when we ended up losing to Villarreal. And... Like you say, the, the the group stage is a grind, but it's a good chance for our young players to 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 get some minutes under their belt. Hopefully, we get a, a relatively easy group where we can kind of progress without taking those players out of the the first team for the Premier League games because Thursday to Sunday isn't ideal. And like I say, we've got such a short, small squad, so to be able to rotate a lot in against teams like Lecky and Gdansk and stuff of Poland and, and that those types of teams it would be ideal and then concentrate on on the Europa League later rounds. That would be perfect. I think I think I think Ten Hag will take it seriously and I think we should. Like I say, it's it's a very good opportunity to get into the Champions League. Cups are always difficult, aren't they? Because mm-hmm. there's just so many so many different tournaments that we have. And with such a, a threadbare squad we I mean we could easily just go out to to some Premier League side because you've you've playing course, you rotate, yeah. you're rotating yeah. the squad too much. It's not like we we were we're City where we can just change eleven players and we've we're not weakening ourselves that much. The the FA Cup doesn't start, of course, until after the World Cup, and that's going to be disrupting the season at the World Cup. Is it'd be interesting to see how all the squads cope with that because mm. United have a lot of international players who'd be going. I guess. I mean, depends. Sancho and Rashford may or may not. Gareth Southgate seems to have decided not, but we've got three months of the season, so if they start the season hot, then 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 maybe. Although, even when Sancho is playing really well at Dortmund, Gareth South, Southgate didn't like him because he likes he likes likes Mason Mount for some weird reason. <laughs> Continue my Mount agenda. So any anyway, this United will lose players, and it'll be very odd at Carrington for a month of half the squad will be there training. Maybe they'll get a break. I guess the mid-season break will come then. They'll take two weeks off and then, then they'll be back training. So, And then everyone comes back for the World Cup. We'll need a little bit of time to readjust. So uh, big squads will be important, I imagine, this year. And United don't have that either. All right, Brighton at the weekend. Yeah, I don't think they've... I think... It's going to be interesting to see them. Like, obviously, they were very good last season under Potter, improved a lot, but were a little bit similar to the season before where they played good football and then didn't score that many goals unless they played Man United, which was, oh, God, was so depressing. But they've obviously lost Basuma and not replaced him. They've not made yeah. any... They don't look like they've made much... What, are they signed a couple of players? Got um, someone from Paraguay. They got the magnificently named Benicio... Baker Boatley Oof, that is came nice. from Porto, who's who's an eighteen year old kid from England. So I don't know him at all, but I like his name. <laughs> I think I think they might be 
Yeah, I think they might struggle a little bit this season. Right now. And I think it's quite a good game for us to start with. And do you think that you'd hope that the players would probably got it in their mind last season and be surely right the wrong from that horrendous, horrendous display? Well, we're not going to see that again, I'm sure. No, I mean, no, no, no. Not that kind of display, at least. So I, I, I don't know. I haven't got a prediction for this game, but I, I, I kind of, I'm with you on Brighton. I, they haven't moved forward over the summer. I mean, they've still got a month, of course. Especially if they sell Mark Cucurella for yeah, loads of money to City. And I think they're right to stand their ground. The guy just signed a new five-year contract. Or he's been there a year and he came on a five-year contract. So, of course, Brighton are right to go, hey, we think this guy's really good. Do you pay market value or not? So they could reinvest that if they do sell him. We'll see. I mean, they have in Tony Bloom, they have a, a long-term owner-backer. He's not going to go anywhere. They're not going to do a derby. They need that injection of money. They do need to sell players to make the business model sustainable. So we'll see. I don't think they get relegation fodder, but again, yes, it's hard to see them progressing this season. And I haven't followed their preseason at all, so I don't know what they've been doing and whether they're sharp. But, you know, I look at United and like everyone's prepared, basically. I mean, we're not going not gonna to see Ronaldo. He might be in the squad, I guess, but he's not going to be in the team. Since he's a month behind. So what do you think of the team? Like, Let's have a go at the first 11, see how close we get. So obviously, De Gea, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Maguire, Lindelof. Maguire's playing on the right centre half as well, hasn't he, so far, which is, which I, he I kind of like. Because if, as he's quite progressive with, with his ball carrying, I think he could be able to do that a little bit more this season and I guess Ten Hag's thinking if if we've now got Martinez obviously he's going to play in that left centre-back role it, it's going to be yeah it's going to be nice to see that I think Dalot yeah right back oh it's sure going to be fit I'm not sure not sure about sure. sure I'm going to go sure McFred Bruno Martial hoping that Sancho is fit on the right and then Rashford on the left yeah, the only shot, I wonder if if Rafa Varane's fit. I think he'll play left centre back. Uh, they did switch him around. I mean, I think Maguire opens the pitch up for him. It's just it's just better. So he could come in and yeah, McFred in McFred in midfield. Assuming Fred's not suspended, right? I think they changed that rule and preseason. I think it must red be cast. Also, yeah. Also, that we had a game on the Sunday, so would he be suspended from that instead? No idea. I just, I I don't they think, I don't make think up they that count rule every year, don't they? Yeah, I know. Will Fish suspended as well. Yeah, I'm no, no idea. Yeah, Fred a bit naughty actually. Both tackle and then stamp. Although I think the stamp yeah. was probably unlucky. Yeah, not meant. But yeah, McFred and then yes, Rashford, Martial, Sancho up front seems to be Bruno. Seems to be the one. Yeah. So the two questions on left back and and left centre back. I think. And if Sancho is Sancho going to be okay for next week? Well, that's that's true. What what was his problem? Was he ill? So Is I can't remember what Ten Hag, okay. Ten Hag said about him. So assuming he's okay, I think, yeah, it's going to be Sancho. Otherwise, I mean, I don't know if we'll see Ericsson start because he's not had a lot of football this summer. So I think mm. he's he's one for coming off the bench for a little while. And Ten Hag said that. We'll see more and more of him as the season goes on. So, But uh, yeah, I don't know what the other options are, really. I mean, I guess Donny could play in some way and they could switch things around. Or Elanga in the forward areas. Or Alanga could come into the right, but he's like he hasn't looked that sharp in preseason. No. So yeah, let's see it. Prediction for the game. I'm going to go two-one United. I yeah. I, 
I don't think it'll be really, I don't think we entirely comfortable and I'm sure we'll have a defensive ricket in us like every single week, but I think, I think we'll win. Yeah. What about All right. you? Yeah. I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say one nil just because Brighton never score. <laughs> That's true. So, <laughs> so um, I, sneaky win. It's uh, it's the early game on Sundays now because we're going to see a lot of Sunday football this season with the Europa League and all that. So yeah, Old Trafford full. I'm not sure if they've done much to Old Trafford over the summer. I think they were going to revamp the the boxes, weren't they? Yeah. So that's it. Classic. So, not not seen anything from their master architects who were supposed to be giving us plan for a total redesign of Old Trafford. Yeah, I actually forgot about that. Yeah. Lip service again. Or knock it down and sell sell it to a shopping centre developer and move into the cricket ground or whatever the Glazers' <laughs> genius plan might be. <laughs> All right, back as we're going to talk about the Premier League and European football and just uh, make some predictions for the season. And uh, yeah, it'd be good to have Backers content back. Everyone else, thanks for listening. Real pleasure to be back full time talking about actual football. And Tom, lovely to talk to you as always. Yeah, lovely to speak to you. All righty. See you, everyone.